Welcome to Creators Are Brands. My name is Tom Boyd. I am your host. This is the show where we uncover how storytellers are building brands online from their creative process to how they build their audience to monetization strategies. And today we are talking to a brand. See, we're usually talking to a creator and we're getting their specific tactics, but I wanted to get the perspective of a company that partners with creators on a consistent basis. And we're talking the moment. This is not a partnership in any way. This is just a company that I admire. I, I purchase their gear. I, I purchase their courses. A lot of my friends have actual brand partnerships with them, and I just know that they're great people and really care about creative professionals. In their mission statement, they exist to inspire the creative in everyone to get the right gear, to learn the new skills, take epic trips, and make new friends along the way. And today I talked to two members of their marketing team, Andrew Stoner, head of growth, and Alec Plouffe, head of partner. These guys go deep into how they work with creators, why Twitter is the best place to network, how to signal to a brand you actually want to work with them, how you should pitch and shoot your shot to Moment, and how to become a successful affiliate partner with Moment and, and not Amazon. This was such a fun conversation to hear their perspective on this creator world and the future of the creator economy. I hope you enjoyed just as much as I did. And without babbling any longer, I welcome to the show Andrew and Alec of moment andrew and alec welcome to creators our brand so stoked to have you guys on the show uh, i, I want to kick off this interview by uh may maybe having you guys introduce yourselves and a little breakdown of what you do at moment uh and as if we were at a barbecue so if i ran into you at a barbecue and you're like i want to have a conversation with this guy you know not someone that you want to give like the quick answer to tell me what who you are and what you do at at moment Alec, you can uh, you can go first because you're on the, you're the top of my screen over here. So, well, what's up, guys? Tom, I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I'm Alec. I help run our creator partnerships here at Moment. I've I've been with Moment for about two years now. Um, and before Moment, though, my life was as a filmmaker, so studying to be a filmmaker myself, mostly on the production, producing, or cinematography side. So hobby i've always had an interest around photography filmmaking creatives youtube all of it and so bringing all of my interests to moment has been great um and now i just get to help creators around the world grow their creative businesses amazing and andrew my story is similar i've just been on a little bit longer um it's just hit six years in august um I was employee number eight, so I've worn a lot of different hats in that time. Um, kind of started on the community side, similar to what Alex is in now. Um, then went into more of the e-commerce side and the marketing. Um, that's what I've been doing for the last few years. But yeah, also come from a creative background. I went to school for film, um, did full-time freelance for a few years before Moment. So I totally get it from the creator side and just like the struggles of running your own business and being a one-man band. Um, yeah, and that's what I love about Moment is we're here to help solve those problems and help creators have better lives and be able to chase their dreams so you you came into the company when there were only eight employees you're the you're the number eight employee how many are there now just hit 50 just hit 50 so at that point what drew you to the company and and what, what made you want to work with this team i think just it was kind of early days of instagram taking off um i think from the beginning moment has just had this really cool Brandy for us that, uh, yeah, I, I was just, I had a friend that had joined their community team and they were hiring and I was like, yeah, I, I love Moment, Moment's cool. And uh, I don't think that's ever really changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's dope. Uh, and 
I did read on your website that most of the people that work at Moment started as customers first. Is, would you say that that's that the majority of that is true for most people that are in the company? Like they they interacted with the brand in some way as a customer before they actually worked on the team. Yeah, I'd say as a general rule, that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, especially amongst our gear guide team, what's probably most accurate. Um, so that's basically how we approach customer service as a team of like pro photographers, filmmakers that they just do support at moment on the side. Um, just a little bit of a more consistent revenue stream while they chase their other creative pursuits. And yep. it also makes our service really unique where they, they actually use the gear themselves. They know how to help other people learn how to use it. So I think that's one of the really cool, interesting things about Moment. Yeah. And, and the, I think one of the, you talked about the ethos a little bit and, you know, I was looking at, you know, I was ch checking out. Uh, go, going through the, the, the company. And the first time that I was introduced to you guys was a couple years ago, and it was through the YouTube channel. It was uh, Niles and Caleb were making vlogs, and I didn't even realize it was a, a company. I just thought I was just watching a YouTube video. And I, I think that's such a cool way to be introduced to a brand. And then even now, if you look at the offerings on, on your site, uh, it has everything from resources to tools to uh, – courses there's so many angles that you're helping creators on it's not just uh hey we're just trying to get a quick transaction you guys it looks like you're powered by creators you know building the youtube channel and the content and then you you know all different angles you're you're truly helping the creative process can you talk a little bit more of the ethos and how that shows up every single day and, and how you guys think about it I mean, I think easiest way to put it is just we're all creatives. So we honestly are just trying to build into spaces where we know that we're helping creatives in a, in a, in a mutual beneficial way to working with them. So instead of just, you know, wanting their views, we're trying to work with them long-term, become business partners with creatives. And so I think that's just our ethos is just like treat creators how we would want to be treated, honestly. Yep. Um, that's one of the biggest parts. It's just, I think because our hires are mostly creatives, it, 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 we're so able to relate to them. Yeah. And so you're working directly with, you're working with creator partnerships. So what, uh, how do you get introduced to new creators? What, what qualities are you looking for? Is it following size? Is it, they have to be this level of photographer, like kind of, you know, what, what are the couple of things that you're looking for when partnering with a new creator? Yeah, so since Moment does do a lot, there's a lot of different avenues to how we could work with a creative. Yep. But one of the ways that uh, I helped uh, kickstart here was our affiliate program. Um, and so, you know, we just had looked and Amazon's affiliate program is just so underpaid. Like it's just not even a revenue source for creatives. And looking at what we could offer even as a smaller company to creatives was crazy. Um, so we just wanted to create an affiliate program that was fair. And so through that, you know, a lot of my outreach was trying to share our new affiliate program with creators um, and see if they'd be interested in working with us. And so something like that, there's no, uh, we don't need to, you don't need to be a certain size creator. You could have 10 followers and still partake in an affiliate program and still start to create a relationship with a brand. Um, and so it kind of depends on the project. It's something like a course where you had mentioned, like if we're looking for a creator that we want to make a course with, um, a majority of the sales come from their own audience since it's so personal to them. It's kind of an offering that a creator is selling. Um, so while we can generate more sales through the marketplace, um, just it, they need a decent sized audience themselves already to have a successful yeah. course. 
And so something like that, we are looking at not necessarily follower size. Uh, it does come into you know the question, but honestly, engagement, just like, are they a community driver? Do they have a voice in the community? Um, that's really hard to translate to like likes and comments though. sometimes like yep. it's just a, a feel you have to jump for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you coming from that background, gives you a good sense of, oh, is this person legit? Are they, do they have trust with their audience? Do they actually have expertise here to offer? Is that when you guys do partner with creators uh, to create a course, how much of the production are they involved in? You know, is there, I don't know if, you know, how much you, you deal with that or at least know about the team, but that's something I was curious about. Is it, you know, when you work with, um, you know, I, I've taken Colin Samir's course for a moment and then I took uh, Jesse Driftwood's course on creating short video, video, videos. How much of the, pro, like, how, where do you meet them halfway with the, with the production on actually making the content for the course? Yeah, so there's actually two ways that you can see courses on moment. And I think people aren't as familiar with the second way, which is just third-party lessons that creators want to sell. So existing courses that they've already made, not with moment specifically, but are just looking for a marketplace to uh, continue to sell their existing offering to a new audience. And so that's one part is if someone has an existing course, we just look at quality. Is it something that's not currently in our catalog? And if, if it fits in, we, we want to onboard it. Yep. Um, but in terms of the moment produced ones, I would say as, as involved as the creator wants to be. So, I mean, it's turnkey in the sense that we run the production and logistics for the creative. Um, so we plan, of course, the shoot, uh, make sure our crew is there to film it. We're editing and marketing it. Um, so all of that kind of leans on, on, on us. But uh, as, as involved the creator wants to be, if they have notes for how we want to run our ad campaign afterwards, or if they have edits that they want to make to the, the lesson, like it's full in their control, we just do it for them. Um, so some, some are very involved because they really want to be, and some don't have the time for it at all and only can you know show up, drop some knowledge, and let trust us that we're going to create a great offering for them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I love that because you guys are, you know, a lot of people, they have this, this expertise, but they don't necessarily know how to package it. And you guys are giving them the marketplace and the resources to be able to, to package it and like get it right in front of an audience. I'm part of the, the Slack group, the moment Slack group. And I've met multiple, I mean, honestly, I think I get the value that I paid for the courses in just meeting the people in the, the Slack group, like not even related, you know, exact. I mean, the, the courses are great, but even just like meeting like-minded people across the country that, you know, we end up collaborating. I found editors in there, photographers that I've worked with in the Slack group. And, and uh, you know, you can't really put a price on that. Andrew, I'm curious. Uh, so you've been here for s over six years now. Started with eight employees. You were number eight. Now there's 50. The creator economy has is a word now, you know, <laughs> six years ago, you know, it wasn't a buzzword. It wasn't, you know, everyone wasn't running to the space trying to, you know, make money off of creators in your mind. What, what, as far as your company goes, it seems like the ethos has changed the same. How is the trajectory of the company changed? You know, as far as, you know, what you were selling then and what you, what you guys are focused on now as, as a, in terms of products that you're creating for creators. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Uh, it's been interesting for us because we've gone about it kind of like the reverse path of what you normally see. So uh, we started just as a lens and case company um, with like yep. 25, 30 products. Um, and I think 
I think we saw this trajectory of where everything was going way earlier than most people did. Um, and pretty immediately, I think from the very first year I started, which was like one year after a moment, we were talking about, we're going to go through this DTC product company through to real retailer through to how do we become a platform creators can build on. Um, and so, I mean, this has been like six years in the making to what you see on the moment site right now. Um, it's, Definitely like the reverse of what you usually see with like a like a REI that starts as a retailer and now they have some of their own products on their store. We started making products and now we're more of a marketplace. Yep. Um, and I think that has had some fun challenges too around just like how do you educate people in a smaller brand about like how you're going through these different stages as a company. And I think there's definitely been growing pains along the way, but it's been a lot of fun. What's the most important thing on your side of moment, like in your communication and how you're thinking about communicating to creators what uh is it partnerships is it paid ads is it uh you know is it creating content i feel like there's so much going on so how do you how do you focus you know where you're you're putting that attention yeah i mean i think you phrased the question really well in that we are we're doing a lot of different things and so that yeah. presents some pretty inherent challenges of just like prioritization and then also how do you tell consistent brand stories throughout all of these smaller campaigns um which is, yeah, it's hard. Uh, I'd say one of our approaches is volume. Um, I think we put out a lot of different campaigns at a pretty rapid pace. Um, so we probably are launching like two to three new products a week, most weeks, I'd say. Um, so there's always like smaller product stories, new stuff coming out. We're always looking for new smaller brands that are up and coming, um, working on projects with creators around lessons and digital goods like presets and lots. Um, we have an app team as well, so we have a bunch of apps on iOS, um, which are awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, I'd say like that's one aspect of it, is just like, what are we launching? Let's tell those stories. Um, a lot of times those are maybe like more like small to medium stories. And then outside of that, we would have like a promotional calendar where we're focused on our, our larger campaigns of the year. There's kind of two ways to go about it. You could do like yeah. a thousand pretty okay stories a year, or you could do like 10 awesome stories a year. And so we kind of try to split the difference and do like two to three awesome ones and maybe 500, 600 smaller ones. I want to talk about the, the YouTube channel a little bit because I, I kind of I, I glossed over it a little bit there earlier. But the YouTube channel, I feel like it's pro it's such a driver of of just like connection with you guys. You know, you, I'm learning about the personalities. You get to know the inside jokes between, you know, the people on your marketing team. And it just seems like it's such like a, you know, from the outside looking in, I know there's always different stories to be told, but it seems like such a fun collaborative place, like a, a place that's built on, uh, you know, just like you see the creative culture. How do you guys think about the YouTube channel in, in terms of, you know, growing the business? Yeah, it's gone through its own journeys as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think so as we transitioned, Andrew may be able to speak on this part more, but when we were just direct to consumer, the content was really important. It was, you know, really showcasing why the lenses are needed, how they could be used, yep. the fun you can have with them. So back then it, it, it was absolutely like the main content machine. Um, and then as we moved more into retail, you know, uh, we started having over 80 brands of gear. So lots of toys that Caleb and Taylor and Joshua can play with. Yeah. Um, and so 
they played around with, you know, a lot of what was being introduced into the store. Um, but then, you know, we saw it, it became a little too salesy, honestly, when you're covering every product that you release on the marketplace, like then the audience that was there originally just for the fun and the vlog type content um, kind of missed that. So I think they're back in the, they're where they want to be, where it's just growing the YouTube channel focusing like only on the subscriber base, not on how it really affects the marketplace. Yeah. Um, but just having fun with it, just like a creator would. So the YouTube channel is kind of independent, but it kind of showcases how we can work with other creatives as well as like, we have the affiliate links, we can work on brand campaigns together. Um, and so it's just a, a way that we're part of the community as well, but hopefully organically. And then of the 50 people that work at, at moment now, is, are, are most of you guys in a central area or a lot of people remote working across the country or world? Basically 100% remote. You guys are 100% remote? Yeah. I mean, we have, we do have an office in Seattle and we maybe have like five or six people there. Um, but yeah, we've been, been remote since the start. So people all over. Yeah, I'm not even in America currently. <laughs> I love like, it. As long as we get our job done and, um, you know, we all are responsible for our own things. And so as long as they get done and on time and you're helping grow the business, it doesn't matter where you're at or what time you're working. Um, that's how creatives work. And so yeah. we got to be on their, their time schedule too. Yeah. So I'm curious, Alec, are you, what creators out there? or one or two that you haven't worked with yet, but you think would be a fun opportunity to collaborate with? Oh, geez. There's a huge list. I mean, it, again, it depends on like what we're doing, but I think a larger mission, I mean, I know the answer is Mr. Beast, of course. Like I know he really, really wants to see the creator economy grow as well. And, and I think we do have a lot of tools that can help young creators. So He's someone I want to work with, not just because he's massive, but yeah. I think he really sees the creator vision as well. Um, so he's definitely one. And then even in our own space, there's so many talented photographers or filmmakers that I would love to personally meet just because I've been, they helped me grow as a photographer, as a, a filmmaker early in my career and free, free, my freelance career. So um, it's nice to see them still in the space and I hope I can help them as well now. Yep. And then, and then Andrew, how about you? I, I stole like, Mr. Beast. So it's a good yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think I've hit most of mine. Honestly, I think like I mean, our current list of creators is an awesome list. Like Joe Greer's photography is incredible. You can include non-filmmakers or non yeah. non-photographers. Yeah, that's fun. I think uh, like an Ian Leibovitz would be kind of sweet. Um, yeah. Definitely like new and unique, and her photography is just like mind blowing. Yep. Um, yeah, I think maybe a lot of mine then would be like the older photography crowd. Um, yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah. Fashion, fashion street portrait photographers. Yeah. It's such a wide open world for creators right now. And you mentioned it before, but just the access to the tools. And I think that you guys focusing on mobile first was such a great positioning because everything was being built around just being able to make it as easy possible, easy as possible to go from idea to giving it to the world. Um, I'm curious, like what are your predictions for, like what are some, some things that you're hopeful for in the, in the creator space in the next two to five years? How is it going to change? What platforms are we going to be focusing on? 
is is TikTok going to be beating YouTube? Like, kind of what, what's your what's your vision for the creator economy in the next couple of years? Um, in social space, I'm I'm full on Twitter. I mean, I've Ooh. been on Twitter since 2011, I think, um, and I've seen how it can nurture small communities. Like back in high school, my friends and I tweeting to each other, and I, now they're focusing on that more than ever. Um, I see it especially in the photography and the creator space, but just like. If, if you're a creator, you need to be on Twitter, I think, yeah. 100%, because uh, not everyone's on Twitter, but the people you want to talk to as a creator are on Twitter, promise you. The brands are looking at you on Twitter. Other creators are looking at you on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, it's everyone's personal life, you know, so they don't – sometimes your work gets buried just because their families and, and friends are getting married or having kids, yeah, and that's yeah. what they see on, on their Instagram feed. But on Twitter, they see more of the you're, creative world as well. It's your way of thinking on Twitter, too. Yeah, and you're hundred percent. And there's lo such a low barrier to entry to you know ha you know being at the checkout line at the grocery store and just having an idea, and then like oh, in your car you can just send that, and you don't know who's gonna tweet that, reshare that, comment, DM you as a result. Like I like your way of thinking, and then every other platform you have to like kind of create this like beauty or this masterpiece. Uh, you know who said it best? Jack Butcher. You know Jack Butcher from Visualize Value. Um, he, he said something, he was like, the beauty of the internet is when, <laughs> and it's like so basic, but it, it, it kind of clicked with me for some reason. He was like, the, the beauty of the internet is like when you have a successful piece of content, everyone sees it. And when you don't, no one sees it. <laughs> so like, like yeah. you might as well, it's, it's like the, the analogy is, uh, you get to take as many swings at the, um, in, in an empty arena in like an empty baseball stadium and then once you hit one out of the park all of a sudden everyone's looking at you and so that on twitter you can you can just take as many swings as you want <laughs> i love that no and it it's just it, it it's a really healthy way to nurture your community as well yeah. so for a creator who does have audience for a creator who doesn't have audience it's a great way to network and start meeting people your size yep. especially twitter spaces now i think that that has been a the healthiest way of communicating online that I've seen um, because there's no BS. It's just, you're just talking to someone, you're hearing them, you're listening to their personality and you can get so much feel from that. And so in our world, again, in the photography space, I've been following photographers for over a year now and I've liked their work and I appreciated and supported some of their work, but um, hearing them in spaces and hearing their stories and where they're at in the world and this and that, even for just like five minutes gives me a completely different opinion on that creative. And so I know that applies for everything, like a YouTuber or a filmmaker as well. It's like actually speaking on Twitter spaces, will your, your voice will be heard a lot more. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited for this platform for that reason. It's just like getting away from Instagram where it is just like trying to feed an algorithm game to some sense um, or, you know, being having the most exciting uh, life going on on Twitter. It's just networking and talking to like-minded people, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I, I was thinking probably Twitter and, and I, I don't know if you guys are on it at all. TikTok, TikTok has revealed a side of itself in the last six months to me that I didn't know. I, I was, I was definitely anti that platform for the longest time. And uh, I started posting random clips on there, and then I was just getting more <laughs> traction there than anything else. So I was like, all right, I got to pay a little attention to this. But it seems like Twitter and TikTok are offering the most organic new connection of any of the platforms right now. I haven't navigated uh, Twitter spaces yet. Is that a space that you – Twitter spaces, is that a space that you, you, think, you think people should start doubling down on? 
hundred percent. I mean, I've been, it was during clubhouse versus Twitter. I was day one on the Twitter side, just because I think Colin and Samir said it best. Like the conversation already happens on Twitter. Like, why would you leave the platform when people are talking about new technology or new camera drops or new videos? Like everyone's already on Twitter. So just to drop the hop in a space, it is the easiest way. Um, and so they'll, they'll dominate in the, that audio space. TikTok, uh, I think we've learned it's here to stay. I think Andrew and I were skeptical last year of wanting to join it as like an advertiser or even as a brand. Um, we were wrong. <laughs> Are you <laughs> so advertising on it now? Um, mostly, yeah, it, yeah not, not too much, but uh, we, organic content. Uh, so our, our filmmakers do focus on that as a, a channel now, similar to on YouTube, is just growing it and having fun with it. Yep, yep. Uh, so are you with, with Andrew, when you're doing pay, you're doing the work, doing a lot with paid ads. Um, how close are you working with the actual creative that is being cre- made for those ads? Because I remember the reason I bring it up, I remember a commercial. I don't know who it was. It was on one of the platforms, maybe Instagram, maybe TikTok, but it was a really well done short. It was like 15 seconds. And I remember like wanting to go back and like record it because I was like, that was so well done. This, this is how it should be done. Uh, pretty closely. Yeah, we're right now we're just a small team of three working on our ad creative. So it's me, a designer, and a filmmaker. So yeah, nice. out a lot. So of short do, form do, you, do you do you write them? Uh, we usually do it. It's, it's interesting because we are doing a whole bunch of different types of content at once. So we'll do like a full YouTube vlog. We'll do like a shorter YouTube trailer, and then we'll do a bunch of different like 15, 30 second ad cuts. Um, so most of the time what we're doing is like a larger project brief for the whole shoot and then shot lists within that for what we want to be able to cut for ads, what we want to be able to cut for yep. video. Yeah, it's, and it's nice to have a team in your back pocket that are natural communicators and storytellers <laughs> to be able to tell, you know, create short form ads because they know what people want to consume. A lot of the ads that come up you know, on these social platforms, they're just interruptions or distractions. And I, I just like found it so refreshing that like, you know, a brand new, I, I, I honestly, I, I wish I could find the video. I, if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the link in the description as a, as an example to, to show to people. Um, but I just, I, I always love that process. I, I've been someone that in the, like, I'm like someone that grew up really enjoying TV commercials. Like I used to love watching TV, like a clever TV commercial. There'd be like five TV commercials in a row. And then one of them would pop out and I would always be like, why is that good? And like, what made me, what drew me into that experience? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So whenever I see a, a team doing it well, so I commend you guys for, for that. That was dope. Um, awesome. thank you, Tom. Uh, real yeah, quick yeah. tip there too. Yeah. If anyone like wants to go try and find some ads, you, uh, Facebook has like a Facebook ad, ads library, so you can just like oh, yeah. go look at any brand's ads there. Which is also not a bad tip for creators if you're trying to get into like product videography or anything like that. You can like go find your favorite brands and see what kind of creative they're doing. And just steal, and not steal, borrow, use inspiration. Steal like an artist. <laughs> steal like yeah, an artist. Exactly. Yeah. Or a plus B Austin plus C. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pitch, you, pitch those small brands too. If you see the type of ads they're making, if you know they're a smaller brand, they're they're probably outsourcing a lot of that. So I mean, if that's your style and your thing, like pitch the brand then based on their own ads. Yeah, or just just make it make it first, yeah, yeah, and make then say, hey, you want to use this? You know, I noticed that your market you're selling this for the next three months. I made this for your Black Friday sale. I mean, you can do that. You can have an idea, create it, and send it to people. I think that's a I, 
there's a word for that permissionless networking. You just make the thing before someone even gives you permission. And then, you know, it's like your business card and portfolio and your creative direction all in one. I feel like from our side, if someone did that to us and was like, Hey, I made this. I'm like, that just creates such a strong relationship from the beginning. Cause it shows us like, they're not trying to reach every other brand to um, just get dollars of whoever would agree. And so, you know, when you start a relationship with a brand like that, then you're letting us know like, Oh wow, you really do want to work with us. And like, of course, if the quality is good, then, then we want to explore it. So I, 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 I have an idea. How about we, if you were to market something in the next six months, give 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 a creative that's listening right now a creative brief. To can we do that? Am I allowed to do that? Like what? Like if they want to make a video and just show their way of thinking to you guys, what would you want? Like what's the format? Is it vertical? What platform is it going on? How long is it? Can we kind of give some of that direction right now, or or do you want me to cut this out of, out of the podcast? No, 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 no. I I think I I'm pretty vocal, honestly, about wanting to help creatives like be stronger yeah. with their pitch with their pitches, um, because I read a lot of them. Uh, like our so you our, get all the cold yeah. outreach, okay. And I try to respond as, as many as possible because, again, like Moment at least is positioned unlike most brands. So I think creatives need to understand that as well as like how the company operates is so important and how they're able to help advertise yep. or how they're able to work with you. So, for instance, I mean, I want to be transparent here. Like uh, we do get a lot of requests to help them on their short films or like small personal projects. And boy, as a creative, do I wish we just like we're in a position that I could just like sponsor films left and right. Uh-huh. but there's no direct return or, or, or proposition from the creative of what's in, what is in return for us other than just feel good. And so moments, a smaller company, we're not in that position and you might get a larger brand to agree to a story like that, but they're also getting even more than we're, we're receiving. So stuff like that is hard, but if you're coming at us in a way that like makes sense for both of us to work together, then it's, I'm always responding to emails like that. Um, it, it kind of depends. Like, uh, it, again, for affiliate stuff, like, um, if you're, if you're wanting to reach out for like year and you, you have a lot of, um, interest in the experience, the affiliate side of things, like just reaching out with what your ideas are, what gear you would want to use. And like maybe some of your metrics of, of past campaigns you've done. That's super helpful for us to know before we even try to explore it further. Yep. If yeah, you give so, me like a specific idea, I could help. I'm sure. I mean, I think you kind of answered it. I think it's like, just make it easy for yeah. the interaction with you guys. You guys have a lot going on. Uh, Seth Godin talked about that when he was um, getting his first job. Everyone was putting in their resumes on the same size manila folder. So he got one that was an eighth of an inch bigger. So Smart. when they stacked the manila folders for his resume or portfolio, his popped out. And I think a way of making it pop out is, you know, paying attention to what you guys are saying on social and someone just creating it and just, you know, if that pops up in your DM and you're like, this guy just made my life easier, you're going to respond to them. As specific as you can get as well with your idea. Like, like you had mentioned, like, what, you know, what vertical even you're going to want to make content for us. If you come to us and say like, you know, I have this idea specifically for this product to put it onto TikTok. Like you, you're just, you just marketed the whole project for us like then we just need to see like okay what do you need and how could we help this um versus if you just reached us being like i would love to work with you guys like that's cool and we may want to 
just touch base to make sure we keep you in contact. But until we have a campaign that we think of you in mind, you're, we're not, we don't reach out then again. Yeah. Um, so if you're outreaching, like being specific with like how you want to help that brand, what you want to work on them with, I think that's the most helpful. Okay. And, and I, have, I have a question too about the affiliate stuff. Let's say yeah. someone has 50 to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube mm-hmm. and they say, mm, they hear this interview and they're like, oh, uh, it seems like Moment has a robust affiliate program. Uh, it's a better way to make money than Amazon potentially. They, how would they make their affiliate marketing with your company successful? Like what are key things that you see other creators doing that they could learn and apply to how they're linking to content, how they're talking about, about you know products and so forth? I love affiliate for that reason because you don't have to really worry about Moment. Like we take care of that. end. when you're, when your traffic visits us, we hope that we've created a good shopping experience. That's going to make it easy for them to find gear, to add on gear, to increase the average order value, explore lessons, things like that. So when you, when you get the traffic to us, uh, we hope we can try to take care of it better than Amazon can and, and pay you more for it from there. And so I tell creatives, like literally just focus on like providing value in your links, like just having the links in the description are cool and they may get link like clicks over time especially if it's gear you're using in every video people have questions like like you tom right now I'm, i may ha- i may be curious of what microphone you're, is right in front of your face it's on if your website the, yeah it's on, yeah so, so if that was in the description you may have just made a sale without having to even answer a question like you your content just provided that answer already for them of like oh that's something i want but otherwise like you have to kind of draw attention to what you're wanting to send your traffic to. Like you have to have some form of call to action, even if it's small, like being like, like you're doing a vlog and you're like, Oh, this case is great. Like links in the description, like someone may go check that out then. Um, so that's one way, like being as subtle with it as possible, or you're just so focused on like what you're trying to drive traffic to that your message is all around that. If that makes sense. Yep. And what products do you see creators winning with the most uh, as they're as they're pushing these links? Is it the courses or more physical products? Or once they land on your site, is it you know they people get a cut of really anything? Correct. So similar to Amazon in that sense, any uh, anything that they come and purchase. So if, if you send them because of the microphone, but they end up buying a lesson, you're going to get commission for the lesson then. Um, transparently like right now it's mostly gear that's what most people are shopping for on the site but we do think the lesson catalog will grow and because it's a digital good we can pay more uh so you know you're you're actually you'd be earning more if you were heavily advertising the lesson catalog or our digital goods in general rather than trying to advertise like cameras and sd cards um because those are low margin products just in general and same on amazon um so if you happen to sell a higher price item you're going to make a good bit but not on a percentage wise, just like on a dollar value, just because it's a more expensive product. But if you put your intention into advertising or lesson catalog or something like that, you're, you're making 20% per sale <laughs> and like yeah. it's, that adds up a lot quicker. So what you advertise is based on your audience though. Um, so it's yes. so hard to say like every creative I've seen sell different things because they have nurtured their audience differently. I was going to say there's like two key uh, like themes there that work really well is like new products are always really hot. So if you focus on those, that makes a lot of sense. 
and then anything that's hard to get. Like there's like a whole community of affiliates that are just making bank on PS5 and Xbox news right now because it's really hard to get one. So it's, if stock comes up, affiliate links there are great. Like you guys are so close to the actual people that want your product because you're working with creators every single day. What have they taught you about about your marketing and positioning with, with Moment? So like, are there any key moments you may be working with Colin and Samir or Danny Gavertz or like anyone where you're like, hey, like this is this is an angle that we should start approaching. Like, what have you learned from creators? Is what I'm trying to say. So much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. Every time we make a product, we try to bring it through like feedback rounds with creatives. So even like on the physical goods side, you know, a lot of this stuff has been seen early by creatives, and we get their thoughts of even like category wise, where should we continue to develop in. Um, on the lesson side, like hanging out with Danny or, or Joe Greer, like shoot, my personal skills are just so much higher now. And I feel like I'm uh, better photographer just by being around them. So, um, yeah, no, they shift, they shift everything we do here though. Like yeah, yeah, we rely got, on them. You guys are like, I'm trying to find an analogy. I, I guess like if Nike is for athletes like you guys are that for creators like you're you i mean on your website it's the outfitter for creators but like you have to imagine like when the marketing team is hanging around with jordan in the locker room like you know hearing the conversations how people communicate like that's what it's like when you're hanging out with these creators like seeing them behind the scenes filming and uh it's just it's just part of you guys it's not like this is our marketing angle it's just like you you just yeah, you understand the culture better than better than anyone else just from being around them. Yeah, I mean, well, honestly, in in it. <laughs> yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah you guys like, are creators yeah. yourself. A lot of it, all of it, has been online this past year and a half. It's been, so, it's been like this. <laughs> yeah, which is nice. But then, like, uh, I've I've had the uh, I've been blessed to be able to meet some creatives now in person these past like two months of being on the road, and it's a it's a completely different level of uh, connection you make with people. Um, and so we're excited to bring back like our hopefully our Myth Film Festival in person one day, so that the community can like meet each other and um, beyond just online. We've covered a lot of subjects. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. There's a couple that I the questions popped up that I didn't get to. Oh, I'm curious. Where should people be posting their photography nowadays? <laughs> is Instagram a, a thing for photographers? Is that still the place? Or is someone building something better out there? Or are you guys gonna build it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I think there's, <laughs> there's still a place for photography on Instagram, but I think like if you're really trying to grow on Instagram, you should be looking at short form video content. Like that's definitely where they're focused, and yep. and you should be looking at getting into affiliate programs because where they're going with Instagram is more of like a live shopping network. So you should be looking oh, at oh, are, are you find... guys active? Go ahead. Uh, that's been live since like last. August, I think like a lot of people yeah. still know about it yet, but like if you hop on IG Live, you can tag a product and like talk about it. So I think there's some brands doing interesting things there around like product announcements and just like doing FAQs while they launch a product and show it off. Do you guys um, have plans around integrating with that in a in a more uh, like as as a main part of your strategy, linking? Uh, we're, yeah, I mean we're we're all set up on there now. Um, honestly, yeah. I think it's still really early. I think like this conversation, like I think a lot of people just like don't even really think about Instagram like that yet. So we'll see if that shift yeah. happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can go check out and buy a moment product on Instagram right now if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, no, I think like if you want to post photography on Instagram, I think you definitely can. I would probably just do it for you and your community. Um, 
Twitter photography community is huge. Um, it gets more so Twitter. like conversational. And yeah, I mean, if you post a cool photo, you're going to get some love, but it's more like hanging out with your friends. Um, glass photo is a little bit newer, but it's kind of cool. Or there's like Fisco Grid. I don't know. It's kind of in limbo right yeah. now. There's not like a, a great place to go post photography. And maybe NFT space is becoming that somewhat. Like a lot of cool collections are just going up on OpenSea right now. And love that way. I think something in the NFT world will pop up for like just the primary platform for photographers. Yeah, they've uh, we've been missing our space for a while, socially at least. I mean, we make it work, um, but I think it's really hindered the ability to network with other creatives. Um, is being like so dependent on Instagram in the past like decade. It feels like. Um, same with filmmakers like I mean TikTok I, I don't know many filmmakers that are actually trying out TikTok just because short form is a completely different type of content and if you don't make short form content like where do you post your work as a filmmaker like Vimeo is probably still the best way to yeah. like, get eyes on like your actual like quality of, of work you know um, so it's hard but yeah I'm uh, photo Twitter for sure I think Twitter filmmaker world would blow up too if more people tried it. It's still a medium that is like, it's so fun to be able to just capture something and tell a story in one frame. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not that great of a photographer, but I, I love great photography. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it comes down to just the, um, I, I, the one question that I had was if you are, like, when can you call yourself a photographer, right? It, can you call yourself a photographer if you only have a smartphone? Sure, 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. If you take right. photos, you're I love that. I saw, yeah. I saw a debate online about, like, a graphic designer. There was, like, this whole thread. Someone was like, if you didn't go to college to be a graphic designer, you, you can't call yourself a graphic designer. I'm like, what world are you living in? Like, I feel <laughs> like if you create something, and especially if someone – like, in that world, too, if someone pays you – uh, it gives you an exchange. You can, I mean, even before that, you can call yourself a graphic designer. But if you're providing value in some way through this thing that you created, uh, you, I mean, you can call yourself that whenever you want. In my opinion, online you have to act the part. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just, if you want to be a photographer, put photographer in your bio and, and be a photographer. Then, yeah. you know what I mean, like, it doesn't. You, there's no too early of defining yourself as something. Yeah. If, if that's your. If, if Especially you want to do like that creative marketing business spaces, yeah. you know, like you got to kind of own that to, to be able to communicate. That's what you, that you're setting out to do. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not for like the gatekeeping of like, you have to go to college to be a graphic designer, but I do think, I do think there's something to, to like trying to take the ego out of it or like not trying to be pretend you're something you're not. So I think like if you're just more authentic and you're like, I'm learning, I'm getting better. Or, like I'm into photography. That's way better than like, I'm on a smartphone and I'm a professional photographer or like trying to like overhype yeah. it. Andrew did bring up a point of just like starting out being humble and like similar to what I said with NFTs of just like, don't rush it. Like that is my advice to creatives in any industry, YouTube, photography, filmmaking, whatever is have fun with it and keep having fun with it. Cause people, your audience can read that a hundred percent whether you're taking photos or uploading videos and don't think immediately about how to monetize it. Cause that's something that comes much further down the road. Um, if you're only thinking about how to monetize it, you're going to start to get sad that you're not monetizing it uh, as well as other people are, are, and that's not what matters at all. Yeah. And the other thing that I noticed too, is when people think about that from the jump, 
they don't really build their own voice around the content that they're creating. They're only building a voice that is like built to to sell to get mm-hmm. attention and then they have to that's the brand that they become and then they have to live up to that brand because when people say you, you change in the future you know that people people fall off so i i think you're uh focusing on the impact that you want to make with your stories the just the, the creative process around it is key and then monetize and andrew i remember the topic it was uh you brought up austin cleon and you said steal like a you know, steal like an artist but then you also sort of mentioned his other book uh, when, when becoming a graphic designer, if you're like kind of showing your process out loud, you're letting the world know you're learning and you know, you're, you're on this journey as you figure this out. Do you, uh, are there any, uh, did you read show? Let's talk about all some, some key lessons from Austin Cleon. If, if that's a, uh, an author that you know, yeah. you, you know a little yeah. bit about. Um, it's been a while since I've read his work, but I love yeah. to see like an artist. I probably read that like eight or nine years ago. So it's, it's been a bit, but it's, yeah, it's definitely like, it's a book that's stuck with me. I think. Um, it's easy as a creator to feel like there's nothing new, like everything that is possible to make has already been made. And I think that leads to a lot of burnout just feeling like nothing I make is good enough. Like, how do I make anything that's better than everything that's already out there in the like billions? Are we in billions of like TikTok videos at this point? Probably gotta be, gotta be today in the last week. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. So I think it's freeing to be able to be like, I am really inspired by this person and this person. How do I bring my own spin to that and make something that is a little bit of that and a little bit of that and a little bit of me? And yep. I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really freeing approach to just like thinking of ideas and, and not feeling like you're copying. Like you can, you can make things that are inspired by other people and have that still be unique to you. Yeah. I think one of his chapters is about, is about remixing a little, or is there one that's like, he talks about I don't I don't know if he said this outright, but this is the way my my brain um, thought about it was like DJs, you know, when they're mixing three songs together, like they're creating something new, they're putting their own spin literally on you know a creative thing that already are already works. And I think people can do that with photography. I think Peter McKinnon does it well. I think he breaks down like other people's photos or breaks down other people's you know film scenes and like. He's kind of remixing something that already exists with his way of thinking and, and how he sees the world. He's probably part of why TikTok's been so successful too. Is like the culture on TikTok is, has really on TikTok has really leaned into that. Of like there'll be a, a trend that goes around for two or three days, and like everybody's doing their version of the same trend, or like you're duetting someone else's video and reacting to it. So I think it's it's kind of leaned into just like there are going to be repetitive ideas, and like how do we make that new and unique? And I think that's yeah, they're basically it. built off the steal like an artist principle. It is there, there is only one you though, and so so you, whatever you make is immediately unique. Yeah, even if it's a talking head video, you could say the same messages, yeah. the use the same exact words, but the way you communicate it could come off differently. Yeah, I mean, I, we're not saying anything. I don't think that's been new to the world, even in this podcast here today, but just our context, our time and place and just what we're speaking about, um, maybe resonates with some people, you know? Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing that, uh, I talked to Danny, Danny Gewurz a lot about is he has a, uh, a different style of communication on camera where he's, he's a, he's a self-proclaimed, he's fairly introverted and he, you know, he's, he speaks more matter of factly and he's not like the, you know, the Gary V personality, like up in your face. And, and I think, you know, 
those two people could say the same exact thing and someone just doesn't resonate with Gary Vee's <laughs> communication style. But someone is like, you know what? I can see myself in Danny. And so that's why, like, yeah, depending on your perspective, your delivery, like everything, uh, you know, just you saying it makes it different. Yeah. for I'll say for younger creators, especially, I mean, the, being realistic, it's really hard to watch a younger creator's video as an adult just because it doesn't resonate as easily with you. So for younger creators, I I really encourage them to be realistic of who's watching their videos and it's, it's people their age as well. And and so when you're speaking yourself and how you would communicate that to your, your peers is what I want to see off of younger creators. And you know, that's what adults do as well. Guys, uh, this conversation has been a a freaking blast. I I think that we could probably talk for about four or five hours. Uh, I want to, I want to wrap it up. I'm going to ask, uh, Alec, a question, and then Andrew. Uh, I'll ask them at the same time, though. Alec, uh, or no, so this will be for Alec. Uh, what if a creator wants to work with you guys? Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you, get in touch, and how should they do it? And then Andrew, I'm going to ask if someone wants to work at Moment. <laughs> um, what's the best way for them to get in contact with the company and 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 uh, present themselves to to you guys as a brand? Yeah, best way to get a hold of us is through our email. It's on our at the bottom of our website, hello at shopmoment.com. And as we spoke about earlier, just be concise and be quick with like what you how you would want to work with us and if you have ideas, and I'm sure we'd be happy to explore it. Um, or also on Twitter, follow me at Alec Ploop. I am personally on there way too much and so you, people get my eyes if if they're on my own feed, you know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. And then Andrew, if someone wants to work, if someone's like, man, this sounds, this culture is is something I want to be part of. Uh, what do you guys, are you, is there anyone specific you guys are looking for right now and, and how do they get in touch? Yeah, for sure. I'd say we're not at a stage of the company where we're just doing a lot of ad hoc hiring for people that reach out. Um, so I'd say like, if you are interested, keep an eye on our careers page. I think right now we have one roll up for a project manager. Um, and then the other resource we have that's kind of cool is we have the creator job board, which where we curate a bunch of roles at similar companies that are focused on the creator economy and, and also from like YouTubers or creators that we're, we're looking for editors, that sort of thing. So that's just, if you look up the creator job board, that's that. And it's usually about 50 to a hundred jobs on there. Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been a blast getting to know you more, your creator journey and uh, learning more about the culture of shop moment moment. Um, this episode is not sponsored at all. It probably sounds like it is, but, uh, just, I just love what you guys stand for. You're empowering creators, creatives of all types every single day. And, uh, excited to continue to follow along with your company. And, uh, thanks for having the convo. Thanks.